Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. I'm Jermaine, a.k.a. Mr. Sugar Honey Iced Tea, in that order. And I'm Dale. <laughs> it just gets more elaborate every week. Like... <laughs> Um, you can watch us on YouTube. You can like our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can support us on Anchor for bonus content. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcasts and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. So this week we watched Palm Springs, which was written by Andy Samberg, I believe. Yes. <laughs> I don't it was know. A Lonely Island production. Yes, it was a Lonely Island production. Um, also starring Andy Samberg and a few other people. Anyone has the summary? If not, I'll jump into it. When a carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor, Sarah, have a chance encounter at Palm Springs' wedding, things get complicated and they're unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. Brought to you by IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, what do we think about this film? It's a nice little, you know, Groundhog Day type movie. Wasn't what I was expecting going into it, being Andy Samberg. Um, it's a kind of a cute, a typical, no, I wouldn't say typical. It's a very good, cute, neat story. Um, I did think they gave, they did give, um, dang, I forgot her name, the female lead. Uh, I think it's Christina. Kristen Miliati. Kristen Miliati, the, the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they gave her character a, a lot of depth. She carried a lot of the emotional, I guess, responsibility of the film in a way. Um, I did like, J.K. Simmons' interactions with Andy Samberg, like, people, like, J.K. Simmons has good comedic timing and presence. Like, <laughs> I don't think we acknowledge it enough. But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, to be honest. It's better than, um, to me, than, what was it, um, never, the Justin Bieber parody they did, Nolan Island, um, I didn't watch that one. Never, never stop stopping or never, I forget. Never yeah. stop, never stopping, or some some crap like that. Some like yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be honest, this movie did not hit with me. I I wasn't a fan of it. It was okay, but I wouldn't even watch it to waste time. To be honest, um, I kept thinking of the day after tomorrow, or I think that was what the movie with um, uh, Tom, not Tom Cruise. It was. That's Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, yeah. Right. Right. It was kind of that concept, except in a sillier manner. I wanted to see how they would pull it off, right? Um, I thought they would play with the timing a little bit more. But you kind of get a straightforward movie. Um, Some of the jokes hit. I'll give them that. Some of the some of them were funny. Um, I thought the whole sexual theme from the beginning was just a little too strong, my opinion. Um, I'm just saying, uh, 
Kristen Milioti, she, she carried the whole thing. Annie Sandberg, he he played a little bit better than what I thought he would, but the same thing wasn't anything that wowed me. So, um, yes, J.K. Simmons, I always like seeing him in things. Um, but this one was just a blah to me. It was just kind of blah. Yeah, I agree with that. I did not like this. It was just whatever. Like, I don't know. I didn't feel anything that I, like, I don't know. I don't know what they were asking me to feel, but I didn't feel it. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Like, you know, the theme was like, oh, love conquers all or some cheesiness like that. And I was just like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> didn't even, I didn't care. Like, I do think Kristen did an amazing job. I think she actually really did care this movie. Like, if not for her, this movie would have been like garbage, but it wasn't that bad. Um, I think the jokes, some of the jokes did hit some of them. I don't know. I wasn't laughing a lot. And for a movie written by Andy Samberg, I would, I would think I would be laughing way more than I was, but I was not, <laughs> I was not laughing. Um, and I've seen his other film. He did a film called, um, uh, was it called Wimbledon? It was something like that. He did it with Kit Harrington. And that was hilarious. So I was expecting something of that sort in this movie, but didn't really come through. Uh, and I felt like, I agree with you, Jermaine, about like the sexual nature of the film. It was just like, to me, when, when you add that so much into a movie, it seems like you're kind of overcompensating for something. Like you might not have actually had good material. So you kind of just throw that in there to like distract people like, oh, look, boobs or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you know, try to get your mind off the fact that like we didn't actually write anything interesting. It was just, woo, there's a sex scene. Enjoy it. Um, and I wasn't, I don't know. I kind of feel like that's a little bit lazy. I do respect the fact that they don't explain things to you in the beginning. You're just kind of dropped right into it and you have to figure your way around like what's actually happening and whatnot. So that was cool. I think the yeah. premise was fine. It was just, I don't know. I was just bored. Like, I don't know. I, I, was bored. I don't know. I, I liked it. I kind of liked the, the, the back and forth between Andy and, and Kristen because yeah, chemistry. she's playing like a, um, He's kind of like a nihilist. He's like, he's like, this is useless. I'm, I'm whatever. So his character doesn't have a lot of depth because he's been in this cycle for, we don't know how long, but it's, it's clear he's been in the cycle for a while. Whereas she's going into it fresh. She has that need to still get out of it. She has the whole baggage of sleeping with her sister's um, fiance, her future husband. Um, I mean. I don't know. I I didn't have. I didn't think it was too much sexual content, in my opinion. You know, the only like how they developed the romance between the two characters, I I did enjoy. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I, I I see it differently than you guys. Um, and I guess and I guess that's why. I guess you guys are right. She did do a lot of the weight. I wish they could have did given Andy a little bit more depth. The only thing I know about Andy's character at the end of the movie as a dog, and he's been stuck in the cycle so long that he knows his girlfriend's cheating on him. Like that was the only things he had going for him in the movie, to be honest. So 
But I feel like even if you're in a cycle that long, you still remember your old memories. And if you have to relive every day over and over and over and over again, of course you're going to remember something from your past. So I think they could have developed his character a little bit more in that regard. Especially, mm-hmm. Right. Um, there was a moment in the movie where she was asking him so many victims or something like that, and he just kind of brushed it off. Uh, I felt like if they actually went into that, there could have been a little something for us to grab onto. Oh, you mean when they're talking about how many times, how many people he's had sex with? No, um, he was talking about, um, I think he was talking about like a, a cost, like so many people um, that he failed or something. I don't know. Hmm. It was a little, it's a little foggy because it wasn't very memorable. <laughs> probably because I, I you probably remember it better than I do because I I was like I have no idea what you're talking about so you're probably right. But that's that's the issue at whole, at hand with the movie is they did, really did the bare minimum with Andy's character. So yeah, and I feel like when you're gonna do a premise that's already been done so many times before, you know, you have to really give it that extra oomph so it's memorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the reviews that I've been reading, people seem to really like it, so that's yeah, cool for them, but <laughs> I was just like, okay. I, I, I think you kind of, you can't, because there's been so many movies like Jermaine mentioned, Day After Tomorrow, it's like Groundhog Day. That's not the movie, by the way. The Day After that's Tomorrow not, is a completely different movie. What's the, what's the, what the Tom, the Tom Cruise about, movie? It's not, it's, that. Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> it's not actually that movie, yeah. <laughs> the Day After Tomorrow is with not Day tomorrow. That's, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal about the climate and stuff. Dang, what's the name that's of that movie? Oh, you're yeah. right. This, that movie is something else. It's Let me see. I'm well, anyway, see. so because we've seen this premise a lot, you're right. And in those movies, we do have Edge already... Of Edge of Tomorrow. There we go. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we've seen those movies, Edge of Tomorrow, Groundhog Day, the fact that in those movies in Groundhog Day, it gives Bill Murray's backstory before it jumps in him being stuck. And Edge of Tomorrow, it gives Tom Cruise's backstory as, as a cocky um, military PR guy who gets demoted and sent to the front lines. With this movie, we didn't get that. We only got it with her. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So... So it may have gone differently if she was the main character instead of Andy Samberg. I don't think I don't think the um, emotional points they're trying to go for as far as their romance and their relationship wouldn't have hit as much if it was her. If you get what I'm saying, I guess so. It would kind of. I feel like the it would kind of slow down maybe the comedy factor a little bit. They're making more of a serious role. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It was bright. Yeah, it was nice and bright. And it was bright. It's Arizona, so. Yep. You know. So, what are we rating this movie, guys? It's Palm Springs in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Really? I thought it was in California. Is it is Palm Palm? I think is Palm Springs is Arizona. Is it next to um where they have Coachella? No. Like it's the desert though. Palm Springs. Okay, hold on. Um Palm Springs, where is it? 
Oh, it is California. Yeah. Wait, no. Wait, no. I think there's more than one Palm Springs because this one, this one, it says in California, it says it's by, well, no, it probably is California. I don't know. They're not telling you in the Google search? What? Well, the thing is, it makes no sense because doesn't he... Well, no, it makes sense because uh, J.K. Simmons' character does go to... Um, he lives in Irvine. Yeah, possibly. So, yeah. yeah, so it can't be Arizona. You're right. Because right. I'm like, she drove to Texas still. How did she, like... But anyway, 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 logistics. Anyways, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky says California. Yeah. Just... Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what are you what are you rating it back to that? I give it a four and a half out of ten. Um it looked good. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, you know? Give me some more JK Simmons or I already forgot his name, man. Andy yeah, Sanford. that that's that's it. Yeah, more JK Simmons. And I wanted to see Andy Samberg twist up his face a little bit more. He's very expressive. He, I, I think you could take a little cue from um, uh, what's his face? Jim Carrey. Because that man's face is made of rubber. I was going to say that. I think his he's like to compare like I know we spoke about um the concerns we kind of have with um Pete Davis's movies. How they're kind of like a mimic of his life. I feel like Andy Samberg's career path as like a comedian and actor parallels Jim uh, Jim Carrey's in a way. Like Andy's trying to at least he does kind of more serious independent films, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like Jim a bit. So yeah, me personally, I'm gonna give this movie uh, six out of ten. I mean, it's not the blockbuster hit we were waiting for as we are dealing with COVID, but it's a good movie to, you know, put on and watch while you're bored or looking for something new to watch. I had no concerns over that Pete Davidson movie. I'm just going to put that out right now. I, well, me, 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 me. And I think he's me. Mm-hmm. He's just okay. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm giving this like a five out of ten. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen, but I'm not going to remember anything that happened in this. Mm-mm. So, not a bit. That, <laughs> Next that's year, not, that's not, forget that's, you even saw it. That's actually worse than watching a bad movie. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a five out of ten. I thought Kristen was great. I think she deserves some recognition for her role because she was dope. Um, Camila Mendes, who's in Riverdale, is also in this movie. So that's cool for her and her career. Hopefully it goes, you know, takes off. It's um <laughs> that is that that's the spot you kind of don't want to be in as like a filmmaker. You don't want to be that middle ground of being yeah. No one remembers it. Either you want to be so bad everybody remembers how bad it is or it's so good everybody knows about it. That middle ground makes you money but it doesn't win you that many accolades to be honest. Yeah. You know? But yeah. That's what I'm giving it and that is that. So, moving on, we also watched Dunkirk. By Christopher Nolan, continuing our Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. film festival, <laughs> do rundown, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, he's so cool. I just want to be friends with him. Like, I want to have a conversation with him and just uh, be like, yeah. Are you sure about that? Tell me I, everything. I feel like if I talk to this man, I'll have nightmares. No, I wouldn't have nightmares. I would have dreams. <laughs> and then I would make Inception too. 
This man's like, It'd be great. <clears throat> when you go to bed tonight, you're going to get stuck in a dream. And then you're going to dream that you're in another dream and try to get yourself unstuck from the dream. But then when you wake up, when you wake up, you're not going to know if you're, you're going to remember it because you lost your short term memory. <laughs> So we'll that for the Inception review. Okay, for <laughs> Dunkirk. <laughs> Dunkirk is set in, in May of 1940 during World War II, where the German forces are advancing into France, trapping Allied beaches on the beach, Allied troops on the beach of Dunkirk. Um, under the air and ground cover from the British and French forces, troops were slowly being evacuated, using every serviceable naval and civilian vessel that could be found. And at the end of the mission, uh, 330,000 French and British and Belgian soldiers were evacuated. So, yeah. yeah. So this is based on a real-life event that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, what do we think about it? <laughs> man, Nolan, man. Like, yeah. uh, I love yeah. his parallel storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a gift, man. Like, I... I, I Gift. You get blown away every time you see it, but you even though you expect it from him, the parallel storytelling. But it's it's a it's a he has it down to a science, man. Like the movie like skips forward early in time and they then it cuts back, and then you have the different aspects of people on land and the naval boats and the sea all intermingling. It's like a beautiful like like watching a Nolan movie is like watching a chef at work like we get to make a masterpiece like it is so like ah man Mm. yeah I I feel like he's definitely got a formula down um, he does not tell a story in chronological order that I know of Um, there's gotta be a flashback or um, uh, you're ahead of time and then you go back in time which I guess is still the same it's a flashback, but then you go into the present. I liked how he did that, um, especially the scene where the fighter jet goes down by the boat. Mm. The first time we see it, and we assume that he just gets picked up, but then we go back later on in the movie and see what happens there. And um, I really like that aspect of it, man. Just the whole tension throughout the whole movie. Um, I, it was good. It was good. It's like I, I could just watch this movie over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and I, I would I feel like I would pick up little things that I missed like from watching it the first time, and I think he does that well with all of his movies. Yeah, uh, he's just a genius, and I said it for the amount of weeks we've been talking about his films. He's just a genius. He just he does it like. Um, he don't miss. He doesn't. He doesn't miss. Like he really <laughs> doesn't. Um, but yeah, I I I love that you were getting told the information from the land, from the sea, and then from the air. And I liked that none of the characters were really that important. Like it wasn't even about them. Like it was just about the event itself. And he knows how to build tension. That that scene where they're like. They they hear they hear something and then slowly everyone just turns around and I was like I wonder how long it took for them to get that like you know like, down pack you know what the I'm music saying? stopped there's silence they were just the, like, the plane just yep brilliant like how do you there wasn't a lot of dialogue in this movie it was just like people just trying to survive like you know that's it <laughs> that was the basis of the whole thing. Um, 
And I love that he uses the same people in his movies. I think that's really cool. Did Tom Hardy even say anything in this movie? Who knows? He doesn't talk ever. Like, it's, and it's always great. Those are his best performances, man. <laughs> just, just doesn't speak. It's hilarious. Um, Harry Styles in this movie. My boy Harry Styles is in this film. And he did an amazing job. And it was his first acting role. He does. He that's the person who doesn't miss it right there. Yeah. Um, oh, he had a good director. <laughs> he had a great director. Uh, everything was just. I don't know. I just love how he he does. He never gives you everything. You know, he's the type of director who's like, I'll give you some of the information, but you're really your job as the audience member is to kind of figure it out. And then come to your own conclusion. Mm-hmm. And he has very ambiguous endings and stuff like that. Like he just doesn't, I like that he knows that the audience is intelligent enough to figure it out. And if it, they can't figure it out in the first viewing, they can go back and watch it again and figure it out in there. Um, and that he just leaves things open-ended. I love that. I think that's great. He doesn't tell you how to feel about the war or who's a good guy or who's a bad guy. He just gives it to you, and then you make your own opinions. And I love that. So, I mean, they were the good guys. They were. It was World War II, and they were England, though. So, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Some of those soldiers were a little crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were about to kill each other. They were like... Of course. You know, you're, you're fighting for life and death, you know? And if something seems funny, then you have to check it out. Because that funny thing could kill you. Like old boy in the ship. Although we knew he was um he was good, but they didn't know. They didn't know, right? <laughs> That's true. They didn't know. For all they know, him and his friend could have been spies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were saying uh, that. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm still formulating my thoughts, so go ahead. Oh, uh, they were saying that Chris Nolan was like he. You know when you when you do a movie and then there's like a video village where everyone watches it from afar. He they were like he's he never does that. He's always like right there with the DP looking at the screen so you feel you feel like if he has something to tell you he can just tell you right there he's a very hands-on director and all the effects and stuff most of that was practical they used very little cgi i was just like you're a boss <laughs> you're a boss man like to get back off you were saying how nolan just gives you hints like he doesn't put everything together for you you have to kind of do it yourself He's a very good director of balancing that whole show, not tell, or show, or don't show, tell kind of aspect, mm-hmm. which is something a lot of directors can't do very well. Some either show you everything, and you there's no point in watching the movie, or some just tell you what happened. But he does that perfect balance to drop threads for you to figure everything out. Like, the what was the scene? like? Like And it works for him because the way he shoots it out of... Um, how a story goes back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize the beginning or the scene where we started with, with them in the boat or on the beach wasn't until the following day until we see them um, save Julian Murphy's character in his boat that sank. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't, you don't, like, those kind of things work really well with his style. Like, so, yeah. And your boy Harry Styles, I will say, he might be the new, you know, always respect to um to my guy but he might be like the new David Bowie in a way as far as the music and the acting thing wow you know? I'm so glad that you said that because that's exactly so, how I feel about him 
He's, so, yeah. he's like, he's our generation's Bowie. So. He's so, so dope. Yeah. Harry yeah. Styles, if you're listening to this, just know you're a bit dope. You're probably not, but, you know, if, <laughs> if this ever gets out, you're dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want him to do another movie. I don't know if he will, though. Anyway. Any other thoughts? This is a dumb thought that hopefully makes everybody laugh. I was thinking about ways to ruin this movie. And I was thinking towards the end where the last jet fighter was um, out of fuel. Mm-hmm. Just the American Air Force comes in and they play the boys are back in town. I was thinking that would be a funny way to ruin the movie. I don't get that. I don't know. <laughs> like how Americans always insert themselves in the last second to save the day. Like, right. literally, that's how they that's entered. True. That's how they entered World War II at the last second. They saying they should, they should have did that. So, oh, I thought <laughs> you were talking about like another war movie. Never mind. Um, okay, never no. mind. <laughs> never mind. No, that, that was basically it. That was my thought. I was like, I laughed to myself. I thought you guys might get a kick out of that. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so, uh, what are you waiting for? Me? Oh, ten out of ten. Like, yeah. from start to finish, the movie was amazing. Um, my MVP of that movie is Tom Hardy's character. Mm-hmm. Like, my man's mission was like, look, there's a squadron, there's three of you, three of you guys. Your job is to take out all these enemy planes along Dunkirk. The rest of his squadron is dropping like flies. He's losing fuel. He finishes the mission and he gets captured. Mm-hmm. Like, Tom Hardy, that man was the MVP of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Like Nolan can do. He's no. He's one of those directors. Like he doesn't miss. He's always a hit. It's always a hit. Yeah. So he is the Beyonce of. I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I'm kidding. So this movie was supremely good. <sighs> it's hard for me to say this, but I think I'm giving it a ten out of ten. Tom Hardy I'm sorry that was that was one of the best parts of a movie especially when the man came back with no fuel and then in the end he stood by his burning plane like a G and plus the main character held his poop though like the whole day like the whole time (laughs) oh yeah he did I I thought that was kind of funny um, yeah, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. I also like that watching this again, I saw so many actors that I, I've seen in so many other films in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like the young actors, the guy who was in Killing of a Sacred Deer is in this movie. Uh, the guy who was in The King is in this movie. Kenneth Braugh. Kenneth Braugh. Love him. Love Julia Murphy. Um, love Tom Hardy. Love the whole crew. Because those are the, that's the gang. <laughs> They're in every single movie. <laughs> Loved Dion, who was in Bandersnatch. If anyone watched that movie, um, <laughs> and Harry Styles in this movie, like A A plus, just because he dropped Harry Styles in this film, A plus, mm-hmm. A plus plus plus. And the Americans didn't come in to save the day, so yes, Dope. maintain historical accuracy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he. You can tell he actually cared about like making sure that part was correct as well. Like it wasn't just a movie. Like he tried to do something that was would be important to the veterans who actually fought in that war so they can see it and like, you know, 
appreciate it for what it was and stuff. Like, it's dope. I think it's harder for American directors to tell those stories of like World War II. Yeah. Because America has this whole thing of we have to be exceptional and grand and great. They always try to paint themselves as a hero or they're never back into the corner. Whereas you've seen with um, 1917 and with this movie, when British directors kind yeah. of direct direct these films, it's more close to them because yeah, it's personal. It's a couple miles away from them, and it's more personal. And their grandparents and stuff like that, they they're not willing to sugar. They don't sugarcoat it mm-hmm. at all. So yeah, yeah, it was really good. All right. And then that's Dunkirk. Over to you, Dale. Yay! So first off, um, let's oh, start off with some. Well, yeah, it can't be. Yay. I apologize. First off, um, gonna give our condolences to John Travolta's family, um, his wife, uh, Kelly Preston, who's an actress as well, mm-hmm. passed away recently, um, with uh, about, during her battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. For the last couple of years, um, and she was um, 57. So, prayers got John DeVolta, her family, and their family. On a happier note, uh, this past weekend, Sir Patrick Stewart and Harrison Ford both celebrated birthdays. Patrick Stewart is now 80, which that man don't look a day past when he started Star Trek at all. <laughs> yeah. That man, that, that Earl Grey tea is magic. I'm going to switch to that thing. Oh, my um, God. And Harrison Ford is uh, 78. Um, Looks every bit of 78. Yeah, he does. Hard living, man. And on the while we're on the topic of Britain and England, um, while we're still dealing with COVID, over there, they're, st- they're slowly opening up. And they've released a set of safety protocols for their film, for their productions. Um, the broadcasters there, the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, and so on, they're, moved, they're recommending weekly coronavirus testing for close contact sets. So it seems like um, they're, they're starting to roll out. Um, crew, and, crew in town will take a screening 48 hours before arriving on set. Anybody with a positive result and anybody in close contact with that person will self-quarantine for 14 days before they can resume on set productivity. So they're understanding like we're, they're understanding that because of the virus, they're not they can't rush production how they want to. They're willing to take those lulls, which I think is smart because it gets the people who don't have it a time to rest and you're not in a rush. So I think that'll work out. Um, for us over here, though, the big the big splash recently over weekend as well was Zendaya tweeted a photo of a movie she shot with uh, John David Washington um, apparently um, once they found out that um, Euphoria was going to be on a production hold because of the outbreak um, he and um, the director um, got in contact him and Zendaya got in contact and they proposed the movie idea um, and they casted um, John David Washington and it's called Malcolm and Marie and shooting took place between June 17th and July 2nd um, and the, everything was um, approved by the SAG Every they tried to meet every safe, uh, uh, COVID-19 safety protocol um, no one was on site the whole time Like they really did a whole skeleton crew they reached out to people they knew 
to do roles. Like some people were doing multiple roles on on set. Some people were PA and also doing other stuff. Um, they decided to use plastic knives and forks so no one could ever wash anything so they could recycle or throw stuff away. They had a set, like assigned drivers to certain people so no one was cross-contaminating. So you know this drivers with this person. And I guess they're hopefully their game plan and their protocol will allow us. I know the bigger pictures is harder to do because their sets are so robust, but those smaller independent kind of films, those diamond and rough films you usually wouldn't see because Blockbuster anyway may be following their example and their protocols, they'll be able to um continue their production going forward. Okay. Um also want to send out some condolences to Naya Rivera, who died. Her body was found today, actually. She's from Glee. Mm-hmm. Or she portrayed Santana on Glee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they were searching for her body for, like, five days. Very sad. Um, I think she was... Yeah, her body was found today, and it was also the, what, the seventh anniversary of Cory Monteith's death. So it was just very sad. Um, Lisa Marie Presley's son also passed. Um, these aren't COVID-related deaths, but just mm-hmm. the fact that this is happening during COVID is very distressing, I think. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this, but I feel like this needs to be addressed. The Will and Jada situation, if you guys have been clued <laughs> in to that. Oh, boy. <laughs> It's not a situation, it's an entanglement. (laughs) 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 Woo! If you have any thoughts, we can just quickly just run through that. Uh, Like, I feel like there's a bit of a double standard in a way when women cheat and then men cheat. And I feel like, like Jada in her head pulls some weird mental gymnastics to absolve herself of the situation. And you can kind of see, like, there was an acknowledgement that they were separated. But you can kind of see in there as an interaction, Will was really like, I don't want to do this at all. I just want me and you to handle it. And I feel bad for Will. And I don't just feel bad for Will. I feel bad for August. I feel bad for their kids. I feel bad for Will. I feel bad for Margot Robbie because not everybody's doing the math. Like, yo, this is four years ago. Oh, Will, you did four movies with Margot Robbie. Oh, I got pictures of y'all together. So, uh oh. So, yeah, it's not a good look for anybody involved. That just shows you, like, one simple mistake can affect so many other people, man. So, yeah. yeah, and it also shows you that whatever you do in the dark comes to light eventually. Some, some way or another, that stuff gets, gets exposed. It's funny because I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. Four years ago, didn't like Suicide Squad come out, and didn't like all this other stuff come out, and those when that's when like all the rumors of like him and Mark Robbie were doing stuff, and it turns out it probably wasn't even. I don't even know if that they were well, doing things. Just the fact that they were separated probably exacerbated the. the yeah. Well, we nobody knew they were separated though. Yeah, that's yeah. What, we had no clue. He did focus with her with Margot Robbie, and he did um Suicide Squad with her. So in that four year gap. So, she yeah. was in a relationship. Yeah. So I'm so. going to go ahead and say, hopefully that's not true, but yeah. either way. I mean, they're just trying to say that he was with Margot Robbie, right? Yeah. As a, as a way to kind of calm down the fact that August Salcino was with uh, Will Smith's wife. 
Well, no, well, no, neither of them has said anything. It's fan theory that, oh, they were together, so. Yeah. It's what bad for Will, because Will looks pissed during that interview. He's just like, nah, say what it is. (laughs) Say that it was a relationship. (laughs) She was like, it was an entanglement, though. Like, that's like the, uh, what is it, um, the conscious uncoupling crap that Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin tried to pull, like, y'all getting divorced like just say don't try to be don't try to be weird about it like just just say what it is uh, and Will is constantly battling the ghost of Tupac for his wife man and I think like and because Will Smith like I said it before he's the personification of Mr. Peanut Butter like he's so happy and he wants everybody to be happy like he wants he wants Jada to be happy at the expense of himself sometimes mm-hmm. so because I think, like we said before, he also cares about his own image and everything. Yeah. And so, yeah. I don't know how Sometimes, much Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a person who thinks, yeah, if you love somebody in a relationship, you, you gotta be there ups and downs, you gotta battle and stuff. But at some point, you gotta be like, is my, is this person I'm trying to make happy, happy? Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to make, and, and am I trying to make the person into the person I want and are they happy? And you, sometimes you just gotta... Just amicably just dissolve it and call it a day. So Well, I mean, they're not getting a divorce, and I feel like that no. makes sense because they've it's like their careers are almost built within the image of their marriage. Like them being together is its own like thing as well. Like yeah. it's like an addition to their careers. So if that fell apart, it would be like, eh, you know, they're kind of like a package deal, <laughs> you know? I feel like, I feel bad for August because I'm sure that kid was like struggling and to be young and being taken in by that family and then having so, having this older woman basically play you and be like, nah, I'm actually going to stay with my husband. That must really suck. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like Jada should have had some better judgment with that. Um, plus because, because he was hanging around their kids, like he was like very involved in their lives. And I just feel like to have that happen, you know, in the shadows of like your home, it just is we. It's so weird. It's so weird. And I feel like they were like, okay, well, it's an open marriage, but neither of them said that was true. So, you know, but, uh, I kind of wish she didn't talk about it publicly. I kind of wish she just, they handled that in private like they didn't i don't know if they needed to go on the red table talk to talk about this but i think they're very savvy business people and they thought it was and i think that was a savvy business move on their part probably but it was weird from my understanding it was august halcina that was a whistleblower and it got on social media and, and the fans were calling for the red table I mean, we were making jokes about it. Like, Jada got to go on the Red Table interview herself because yeah. she's always quick to just... to meddle in other people's lives and stuff. She'd be moving when stuff happens, bro, in days. She'd be like, all right, this person in the Red Table. And you're like, yeah. do you so... even know all the facts? <laughs> like, how are you? <laughs> this girl crazy, man. She's insane. So, yeah. <laughs> and might as well bury it fast. And it's also her brand now because, like, I think the last thing I saw her in was either Hawthorne and she was in the, I don't know, the girls' trip movie. Like the oh, red table right. talk. Or the That's red table talk is, is yeah. her her brand and career now. So it kind of makes sense, you know. So just, okay. yeah, it just feels icky. Anyway, 
just wanted to bring that up because it felt too relevant to not bring up. Um, There's okay. one more thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. News-wise, um, the recasting of um, these actors who play black characters on animated television shows. So we've got Hank Azaria, who's stepping down from The Simpsons. Mm. We also have, um, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Cleveland Brown and Family Guy, he's stepping down as well. And these, and their reason for stepping down is because they feel like it is, it's not right to play black roles, even though they are not of the race. Yeah. But at the same time, they've been playing these roles for over 20 years. So I just want to know what you guys' thoughts are. Uh, why all of a sudden you have a change of heart and not really think of your own, the social implication of doing this for the, the span of your career. It wasn't just them. It was also, I know... Kristen Bell did the same. She's on a show. Her character is kind of biracial mixed. She dropped out. Um, one of the ladies, one of the characters in um, Big Mouth, what's the mm -hmm. name of that? The girl with the braces, the black girl with the braces. Her act voice actress, I think, is white. But Jenny Slate. Yeah. Jenny Slate, yeah, she left the show as well. Mm -hmm. And as far as Simpsons and um, the Simpsons thing is weird to me because. There were Indian people in Hollywood and other actors, other people, and directors who spoke out about them, and they kind of hand waved it like, "Oh, he's we're not showing him in a negative light, get over it," kind of thing. So to now, so, so now to say they're going to recast it, it seems kind of performative mm -hmm. in a way. It seems disingenuous because at the time when Indian people had the actual concern of it, you ignored them, but now because it's a bigger representation is now a bigger issue because you know uh black lives matter and george Floyd and stuff now you want to now you want to change and keep trend when you could have been at the forefront of all this from the jump almost exactly 10 years ago so yeah that's mm -hmm. my opinion on it i completely agree it's, i feel like it's all too late for people who've been in the roles and then of course now that the whole movement's happening. You want to be socially um, correct just to avoid backlash. Um, just, I guess my message to Hollywood is just be more inclusive. Uh, we have Bollywood out there with plenty of talented actors who are waiting for the chance to break over over here. And that goes for the same as for Asians, Indians, well, which are still Asians. Um, black people, people of color, Hispanics, just be more inclusive. I also want to shout out to Canada for, for their um, independent actors and um, directors and their black community for actually going against their Hollywood system for and fighting for inclusion over there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... Regardless of what their intentions are, I feel like the fact that things are changing is it's a step in the right direction and that hopefully it can continue to step into like people actually intentionally trying to do this. So those are my thoughts on that. Also, there's a new Batgirl and she's black. Yes. I saw that. Um, She's beautiful too. 
So, what have you guys been watching at least this past couple of days? I've been watching nothing new. <laughs> well, actually, I started watching I'm, I May Destroy You with Michaela. Is it Michaela Cole? Michaela, yeah, she's a British actress. She was in Chewing Gum, I think. But she wrote this. She wrote the, I think she's like, yeah, she wrote the show. I think she's probably one of the producers or something. Um, the first episode is pretty good. The music is popping. So that's always the thing for me. Like, if the music's good, it'll keep me there, even if the show wasn't great. But so far, it's good. <laughs> so supporting her. I think she's doing some cool stuff over there. I watched Rocket Man on Amazon <laughs> with Taryn Egerton. Egerton. I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Although he was singing all the songs, I kind of wished I was hearing Elton John's voice. But I mean, at the same time, you know, it's that's what they do. I felt the nostalgia from hearing all of the old Elton John tracks and um, seeing his story, which I was kind of. It's like, it's weird because I was shocked, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised that the man was on drugs so bad and I go to rehab. Mm. Um, and my man's, man, I, I like Taron, but he was kissing them other men's too easily. I'm just saying, he was kissing a lot of guys in there. Yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> Is he for real? Elton John? No. Yeah. I was talking about Taron. It's was he was playing Elton John, right? He's playing Elton John, so you kinda so, have to so expect that to happen. <laughs> I know, but still it's just it was a lot though. It was a lot. And he did a good job at it. So I'm screwed. I I have nothing against that community. It was just it was just um surprising to me. Go check that movie out, man. It was pretty good. If you if you like his music. Oh yep. my Me personally, I finished the second season of um The End of the Fucking World. Um Naomi Aki, like as being the main villain almost in season two, did an amazing job. Like like seeing her personality how she is as an actress but then switching to watch her in this movie where she's kind of serious and almost crazy was a big shock and amazing um two i also watched the old guard on netflix um okay yeah this movie was amazing like i wouldn't it was it wasn't what i expected going in being charlie theron is that the, see how, not Will Smith, but The Rock is the main male action guy. I feel like Charlize is his female counterpart in that way. Um, where you put Charlize in the action movie, I'm gonna watch it anyway. Um, I thought Kiki Lane, who some people think is just now breaking into acting, but people forget she was in Bill, If Bill She Could Talk. Um, she was a native son, she was in Captive State. I thought she did an amazing job as well. Um, but yeah, props to um, Gina Price-Brightwood, the director. Like, 
amazing job with the movie. And it's weird from her being known for like loving basketball, secret love of bees, be on the lights to do a complete like 180 and shoot do an action movie. That that goes to show she has a lot of talent as a director to take up to switch her preferred genre, not her preferred genres, but the genre she's giving and do a movie like this. So. Okay. Well, that's all from us this week. Uh, make sure you're staying safe. It's Sunday brunch, yo, so fool. What? Happy birthday to you. Not my birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to you. My birthday, my birthday passed. I'm so I know your birthday passed, but be, be grateful. Jesus, you can't come on. You are oh, ungrateful. Special. No, I'm like, wait, why are you seeing me now? I'm just, just confused. Oh, okay. we didn't see you. We didn't see you. We okay. didn't see you. Thank you. And they didn't see you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm just glad to be alive. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so take it easy out there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I'm done talking for the night. Okay? Uh, so yeah, it's the end of the show, everybody. Uh, stay safe. Um, tell your loved ones you love them. Tell them, give them happy memories each and every time you see them because you never know when you're not going to be able to see them again. And yeah, this is the end of the show. Um, au revoir. Bye. Bye.